wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Now, please welcome at this time your hosts, Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau. You're listening to the next era of wrestling radio. This is Wrestle Rant Radio. Back in Wrestle Rent Radio for Friday, February 9th, 2024. Graham Jason here. As always, being joined by the one, the illustrious Mr. Marceau. Brother, what do you want to talk about? I mean, you're the lead Cody Crybaby, but maybe you didn't start it off. <laughs> Listen, pal, obviously we always typically talk on Thursdays. Today worked better for you, but I was going to actually pitch talking today anyway. This was an emergency episode on a Friday because of the press conference last night. I knew we would be wasting our time, and we definitely would have been in retrospect. If we recorded on Thursday, and I would say we, let, let me, let's be honest here, me, complaining about what we saw on SmackDown last week, and then after what we saw on Thursday, and I'm not going to completely go back on what I say and what I said about you know them making the wrong mistake, booking malpractice, blah, 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 blah. We're going to get into all of it with The Rock, Roman Reigns, and Cody Rhodes as it pertains to WrestleMania, what we know, what we don't know, and what has been made official for the event. But Mr. Marceau, a lot has changed since we last spoke last Thursday, especially with all of that literally... Shit hit the fan on SmackDown, did not die down until, like, not even really after today. Like, we're speaking right now on Friday morning, but the press conference was last night. It's really been a wild eight days, to say the least. Yeah, no, it's been crazy since Friday. I mean, a lot of things have gone on. Um, glad that we seemingly have the direction we're going in. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely a world when Twitter was, like, about to burn down. Um, so, I'm glad. I'm glad it seems like we're going in the right direction, but... We needed the Cody Crybabies to get us there. <laughs> we still got another two months to go. It's going to be a very rocky, interesting, fascinating road to WrestleMania for the next two months. Uh, so we have all of that to get into. And, I mean, it would not be wrestling in 2024 if it was not an eventful week. I don't think we've spoken a single time so far this year where it wasn't a newsworthy week in the world of wrestling. So we're going to get into all of that right off the bat. Some thoughts on Raw as well. What they set up for Elimination Chamber. What they set up for WrestleMania. Some thoughts on NXT Vengeance Day from the weekend. Uh, which I thought was a very good show overall. Some quick thoughts on Scott Demore being fired from TNA. Which kind of came out of left field. And at the end some thoughts on Dynamite. Which we really haven't talked a lot about AEW lately. Not that there's really a lot to talk about. But they did have a newsworthy episode on Wednesday. That I want to gauge your thoughts on as well. Uh, but new episodes available every single week, Thursday, Friday, whatever it might be, on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Find the show, rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss new episodes every single week. So before we get into all of that, Mr. Marceau, I do got to ask you, Super Bowl's on Sunday. Who you got going over, Chiefs or 49ers? Chiefs all day. What's the final score, you think? 
35-24. All right, I might I might keep it to that. So listen, you know I'm a big football guy. I'm probably a bigger football guy than you. But I need to ask your thoughts on this as far as uh, what the game looks like on Sunday with the Chiefs because this is the, correct me if I'm wrong, the third time they've been in the Super Bowl since 2020. Is that correct? Sounds about right. And they won that year. They lost the subsequent year to the Bucks. They weren't in it. They may have been in it in another year. I might be wrong. In twenty, I know the Rams won it in 2022. Who won it last year? I don't remember. They did. They did? The Chiefs won last year? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is the fourth time, actually. Fourth time it's since 2020 they've been in the Super Bowl. This might be their third win in four years. I know a lot of people did not like the Patriots, and maybe still don't, for the longest time because they were like the Yankees of the franchise. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. You know way more about this in all seriousness than I do. Is that what they're becoming at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think if they win this weekend, they'd be the first team since, I think, the 3 4 Patriots to win back-to-back Super Bowls. So, wow. Um, definitely that. I mean, like you said, they've also been in four Super Bowls since 2020. I think the only year they weren't in it was the year the Rams won, um, but they've been in it every other year. So they've been there, and like you said, they've won twice, um, lost once, and now they'll be – there again so it's a lot but i mean they have patrick mahomes they're really good it's just that's the way it works at, at this point so yeah they're basically becoming the page i mean if they win another super bowl it'll be three in five years i mean that's basically their first dynasty so um we're getting in that territory now of like the early 2000 patriots that's what i was going to ask you so i mean what is that key to the, the, the success i mean you mentioned pat mahomes They've got this great team right now, riding this wave of momentum. Is it just a complete package of a team for the past four years, or what else would you really attribute that to? Um, I would say it's mostly him. I mean, they also have a really good team. Um, they've kind of shifted more defensively. Like, they have a really good defense now than they pretty much had before. Like, I would say the, their early success was mostly him. Like, they had Tyreek Hill. Um, they had Travis Kelsey. They had some other good players on offense. And their defense was kind of just there. Um, but now their defense is actually pretty good. And then, like I said, they have Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the league. So he can kind of make chicken salad out of chicken shit sometimes. So uh, he's just he's just one of those guys that just he just he just has it. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. He just whenever he, he needs to make a play, he always seems to make it. And that's why they've been so successful. Or do we see Taylor Swift on Sunday? Tay Tay will be there. <laughs> I'm sure she will be. Uh, listen, let's get into what we, you know, people came here to listen about. That is the WrestleMania debacle with Rock, Roman, and Rhodes. I can't even say wrapped up last night because there's probably a lot more to come between now and WrestleMania. We're still two months out from WrestleMania 40. We still don't even know. They didn't address this last night during the press conference in Vegas. And it wasn't really much of a press conference, by the way. It was really just a WWE rah-rah rally with them talking about, oh, what we're doing at Mania and planting the seeds for Becky and Rhea, Bianca coming out, Triple H, saying a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> you know, not, not too surprising. Not taking any questions from the actual media in attendance. Um, but they did set up a pretty massive angle, one of the hottest angles they've done in quite some time uh, for what could be the Mania match or another match, a chamber or afterward. We still don't know. But again, I can't even really say they wrapped it up last night. Because uh, we don't know still where Rock factors into all of this, how Rollins will factor into all of this. So from SmackDown to last night, Mr. Marceau, just give me your general thoughts. I know we spoke about the SmackDown segment last week over text, and I've spoken about it at length in various 
forms on Twitter and videos, podcasts, whatever, in the past week. I want to get your thoughts and what we saw last Friday specifically. Because we still don't know what Rock promised Cody via the whisper on SmackDown or prior to that point in a conversation that Cody alluded to last night. Maybe we'll still get back to that conversation that would allow him, in storyline, to willingly give up his WrestleMania main event with Roman Reigns. We still don't know what that was before he changed his mind last night. So give me your overall thoughts and what we saw on SmackDown before we get into last night. No, so from SmackDown itself, it's funny because honestly, <laughs> I didn't even see it on Friday night. I'd watched SmackDown up to that point. I'm like, okay, I know what we're getting, so I just mm-hmm. went to bed. And then the next morning, I woke up and saw all the rock shit. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so then I had to rewatch it and saw it. I was like, like I said, I'm not even like the biggest like, Cody finished the story guy, and I'm like, this is stupid. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we putting Dwayne in there? And the whole, like, I need to do it. Like, stop. And I just feel like, at the time, Rollins, or him facing Rollins, just... I mean, I guess, but then, like, I also feel like people's speculation was was basically around, like, oh, we don't have Brock, and Punk's hurt now, so, like, we need Rock to, like make the WrestleMania, like, it's WrestleMania 40, it kind of sells itself, you also have a ton of other stars, like, you can take Brock away, you can take Punk away, and I still feel like they have a stacked enough roster that they can literally replace those people and still have a really good show, so I hated that, like, kind of storyline that people were running with, that, oh, we need Rock because Brock and Punk aren't going to be there, yeah. like, we have other stars, we don't, like, Cody and Roman sells itself, it's the biggest match of current wrestlers, it just made too much sense to not do it, and then they just throw Dwayne in there, and I, I really don't didn't really want to see Rollins and Rollins and Cody because it's just that's not what the plan was. So I'm glad from what we got yesterday, seeing we're gonna get Cody and Roman. I think the whole Rock thing. Hopefully, they, maybe they save it to next year and they just do Rock and Roman, no belt, and just just enough, like. I don't really know what they go from here, but I don't want Rock involved at all at this point. Well, that, that's part of the. You know, it's part of the element of excitement here with this angle <clears throat> is the fact that we don't know where it's going. And, and, and very typically with a road to WrestleMania, it's fairly predictable. Sometimes for the wrong reasons, because you don't know if they're going to do the right thing. And they have proven in the past they can pivot. I mean, look at WrestleMania 30, 10 years ago, um, and all these other WrestleManias along the way where they add people, they take people out, people get hurt. That's not really, you know, their choice. That's just, that's just shit that happens that they have to pivot from at that point to kind of make better of the situation. This is a creative situation they could have very easily avoided if they didn't have Cody Rhodes win the Royal Rumble, which they did. So per Meltzer, and again, you got to be careful with what you read and report here and what you see and hear and whatnot. Uh, obviously, he's a credible source to a, to a point, but he had said as recently as a few days ago, Rock and Roman was the plan dating back to January 3rd when Rock signed on to be part of the board. Now... If that is true, and I don't know if I completely believe that, that they locked the match in place a month and a half ago, or a little over a month ago, why would they then go ahead and have Cody win the Royal Rumble? And then, yeah, yeah, what, to have him challenge Seth Rollins? I mean, I guess, but you know, you had to know that if he chose or rather won the Royal Rumble, that he would choose Roman Reigns in storyline. He got fucked out of the win last year at WrestleMania. Why would he not subsequently choose Rollins at Mania? Or, I'm sorry, Rock. I'm sorry, Roman. For the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. That just made no sense. And I still say, even after what we saw yesterday, dude, they made Cody look like an absolute imbecile with that SmackDown segment last Friday. I don't want to complain too much because, again, they did pivot. I do want to praise them for that, and we'll get into that in a moment. But I'm just saying it doesn't even make sense whether they pivoted or not. It will not erase the stupidity of that segment last Friday 
where Cody willingly gave up the rematch with Roman for The Rock. Unless Rock has something dirty on Cody or promised them 10 new houses, I still don't know why in storyline he would have done that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to find out the reason at this point since they, like I said, they have pivoted. It did look cool, like Cody made, made Cody look stupid, but at this point I've kind of just moved on now that we kind of moved on from that. Like, hey, they pivoted. Move yeah. on. Cody did look like an idiot, but... Um, I mean, at this point, he's seemingly facing Roman, so I guess we can just act like that didn't happen. Well, that's the other question, too. Let's put this to rest. I don't have inside sources, but I do want to get your your thoughts on it. (laughs) Did they pivot, or was this the original plan the entire time, you think? To have Cody go out there, give up his spot, and then six days later say, you know what, LOL, never mind, I actually do want to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Um... I feel like if I said that was a plan the whole time, it's like giving them too much credit. Like, they knew fans would be pissed, and like... Cody would have come off as a bigger babyface to change his mind or go against it. I mean, I feel like it could have gone both ways. Like you said, I feel like if Rock was already like signed on and he was facing Roman, why would they have Cody win the Rumble? I mean, I, I like I said, it, it, I, that was the original plan. I guess, like I said, it stirred people up, makes Rock heal. That's what they kind of wanted. Like, they wanted to turn the Rock heel, but I really don't want to give them the credit for it. So, I'm just going to say it wasn't the plan. They pivoted. Um... But, I mean, if it was the plan, they were, like, the smartest people ever. I mean, for the record, I don't think it was part of the plan either. I do think they pivoted, and I give them credit for that. But I don't give them credit for booking that segment in the first place. Again, I don't want to harp on it too much because it's in the past now. I understand that. But I'm just saying I don't think it was the plan the entire time because whether that was the plan or not, that shit made no sense. Even if they didn't pivot, that SmackDown segment would still make absolutely no fucking sense. They shouldn't have even had Cody win the Rumble. If that was the case, Daniel Bryan in 2014 didn't win the Rumble, so there was no obvious path for him to WrestleMania that year. And then he ended up getting involved, and he beat Triple H to earn a title shot, blah, blah, blah. Um, with Cody, he had the title shot, but he chose the other champion seemingly instead. And that was the other really confusing thing coming into this press conference. He chose Roman Reigns, but WWE.com even said that Cody refused to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Those were his words, not mine. And then they were like, all right, who's he going to choose? Well, what, didn't he already kind of imply he was choosing Rollins by what he said on SmackDown? Was he lying? Like, it's just very confusing. Uh, but I am glad they pivoted. They don't have to make it more convoluted than it needs to be. Uh, they kind of already have. But do you think also part of what we got last week on SmackDown, I'm not, I, I do think they pivoted, like I said. But do you think of the, part of the reason of why they did what they did with Rock facing Roman and getting people talking about it positively or negatively, whatever it might be. And in addition to what we saw last night, the press conference, which was already apparently always booked for the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, do you think part of the effort there is to kind of deviate the focus away from the Vin stuff? And I do, I'm not saying that's all of it, but I definitely do think that's part of it. And it's not going to work. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, because I don't think it's going to work. Easily, I mean... You, after what we saw yesterday, no one's even talking about Vince at this point. I, I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, people are, but it's not as, as much of an, uh, a reoccurring, I can't even say reoccurring, it's been a fucking 12 hours since it happened, but, I mean, it's still very much prevalent, and not everyone's forgotten about it, obviously, but more people are focused on the latest development with Mania than they are the Vince stuff, if that's what you mean, then I agree. No, I completely, I think, like, maybe this whole Rock thing, like I said, maybe that, maybe it was the plan the whole time, and maybe the Rock stuff, like, involvement was to just try to, like, get more attention on that and like you said just kind of like tone out the whole Vince stuff I mean since the whole Vince stuff no one even talks like the Jericho stuff kind of went right under the rug oh yeah I mean, yeah definitely it's just the way media is nowadays unfortunately like one time it's a hot topic until the next bad thing comes up or the next big thing comes up so 
I mean, you see it on the news with, like, the wars and stuff. Like, Ukraine was a big thing. Now it's this, and then it's COVID, and then it's it's just kind of the way media works. It's, just, it's big until the next big thing. So I think there's definitely some kind of plan to use this whole rock thing to kind of shush the whole Vince talk down. I will say this. I think that Jericho thing's a thing of the past. I don't want it to be. I want it to be investigated and cleared up and to kind of have a resolution on that situation. Even if it wasn't true, no one has really come out and said that it wasn't true. Kylie Ray, I don't think, I mean, she may have clarified why she liked the tweet, but I don't know. Jericho hasn't said anything. Tony Khan hasn't said anything. The one real opportunity for him to clear that up was the press conference after World's End a month and a half ago, and he was asked about it ad nauseum. He didn't give any clear answers. I mean, he'll probably do another media call soon to promote Revolution. He'll probably get asked again by Nick Houseman on that thing. But beyond that, he probably will not clear that up. Uh, the Vince thing, I think, is a much bigger issue because there is evidence that it did actually happen. And literally, dude, day after day, it only gets worse. And I don't mean to laugh because it is a pretty disgusting situation. But, like, it came out this week from John Laurinaitis' attorney, which we didn't get a chance to talk about that last week. He came out, I think, after we recorded and said that, you know, Vince forced me to do these things. I was a victim as well. This fucking just garbage. Just total bullshit. Just a slime ball of a human being. And then he also came out, or he or his attorney did on his behalf, saying that the company did know about the Ashley Massaro, uh, the, the rape accusa- accusation from, I think it was Iraq. It was one of the Tribute to the Troop shows like 20 years ago. Kuwait. Kuwait, there you go. Uh, from 20 years ago, because the company claimed they knew nothing about it. And now he's saying, and he knows where all the bodies are buried in that company for the most part, he's saying that they were aware of it. So I think that situation is only going to get worse before it gets better. And they did not have a chance to ask anyone about it at the press conference yesterday. Because, again, like I said, it wasn't really much of a press conference. And Triple H went away pretty quickly. So I don't think that situation is going away anytime soon. No, it's not. I mean, at this point with Laurinaitis, I mean, you kind of got to save yourself. I feel like he's just, I mean, all the attention's on Vince. So I'm assuming his attorney's just like just pile on Vince at this point. I mean, trying to deflect. The whole, like, I did it get like... Dude, if you really didn't want to do it, you could have still, like, met up with her and played fucking Jenga or something. Like, mm-hmm. You could have still just say, hey, say that we hooked up or whatever the fuck. If you're really that innocent, you could have done that, and I, I don't think that's what happened. So, I understand you want to blame someone else, but at the end of the day, you're a fucking grown-ass adult. You gotta take, you gotta take, like, yeah. your actions, like, your actions speak, like, you did it, so you can't just deflect it to someone else. You're, it's not like he's, like, a young adult or a kid, like, he was literally a grown-ass man. Yeah. Yeah, no, the whole thing's laughable. Not the whole thing, but the thing with him is laughable in the sense that he would... I mean, I get it. it. It's PR stuff. He's trying to defend himself. I could see why they would want him to say that. It was probably per the lawyer, but, I mean, he himself is a piece of shit. He's every bit as guilty in the situation. Like you said, he's a grown-ass man. He should take accountability, but they're not going to, obviously. They want to get money out of this thing or try to point fingers at Vince, because that's how they are. That's the type of people that Vince and John and the other people involved in this thing are. So I can't really say I'm surprised, but still equally disgusted. But... Back to the Roman Rock Rhodes thing. Uh, you mentioned Rock is going to be... Are you want Rock to be out of this thing going forward heading into WrestleMania? I can't say that's the case. I mean, they set up a pretty big angle last night. Whether we get that tag team match or not, I think Rock is here to stay. Not to say he's going to appear in every SmackDown going forward, but I do think Rock factors into WrestleMania in some form or fashion. Whether we get a match with him or not, what makes you think that we will not see Rock again or that you don't want to see Rock again on the road to WrestleMania, if not at WrestleMania itself? I just don't want to see him in the match. I guess that's what I mean. I'm fine with him being around, but I do not want him in the match at all. That's the thing. I think come Mania, this is kind of what I'm 
skeptical uh, skeptical about and why you know i am happy that we're getting rock and roads they they put out the graphic and they announced it okay it wouldn't be the first time that we had a match announced for wrestlemania before they added another person i mean in the opposite situation 10 years ago i guarantee you we did have that graphic for orton batiste at wrestlemania 30 until weeks before mania where they added daniel bryan and actually they didn't even really add bryan it was he had to face triple h and if he beat triple h it was a very convoluted situation and in the end they did the right thing this could be the exact opposite where weeks before mania rock finds himself in the match and they did make it pretty clear both in storyline and biggie mentioned it but it kind of seemed like they were shooting on the on the pre-show panel or whatever the kickoff panel which was funny seemed like they were just kind of giving their unfiltered thoughts he mentioned that rock's on the board I think there's a situation, not that I want to see it happen, where he factors himself into the match. But the problem with that, though, is that what we saw coming out of that segment last night, I'm not, here's the other thing, too, I want to make very clear that I've said elsewhere. I'm not saying no one wants to see Rock and Roman at some point, if not at this mania. I want to see the match, too. But Rock, or Rhodes and Roman, is the match that makes sense for WrestleMania 40. Coming in, coming into April. That's the match that makes the most sense with your current stars. You can hold off on Rock and Roman. If Rock's busy next year, then tough shit. This is the match to do. You could have done Rock and Roman at any other year where the talent roster depth was way worse than it is right now. Even with the injuries, like you said earlier, they still have a very stacked roster with people they can put in that position where Punk got hurt and Brock's not there, blah, blah, blah. They don't need the Rock in the match. But I think they kind of took any heat that Rock and Roman had with that segment last week and flushed it down the toilet until at least next year. I want to see the match at some point. I do think we get it next year. I do think Rock is here to stay with Roman. I'm more interested in seeing them as partners and as allies than I am as enemies. Because if you have them in the same match as a triple threat, at that point, to me, it's probably just a handicap match. Unless they turn Rock back into a babyface in the next month. And again, that's making it more convoluted than it needs to be. Do you, do you maybe see them? I mean, I don't even think anyone's even discussed this at this point. But I mean, seemingly Rollins is involved. Mm-hmm. You Rock and Rollins. So that was my other question. I don't know. I, I honestly and then don't. Rock win, I mean, I think Rock would win. I assume because people keep saying tag team match, but Rollins is hurt. Yeah, so exactly. I don't think he'll be able to wrestle before WrestleMania. <clears> but maybe you do him and Rock because Punk's out. You do him and Rock. Rock wins, which I don't want to happen, but. Whatever, and then Cody beats Roman, and then basically Rock can be like, I'm the head of the table, I'm whatever the fuck, and then that can lead up to him and Roman next year. Like, I don't know, I feel like Rollins is involved now, so like, he has to picture, like, he needs to somehow be involved, because he was in the press conference, he was kind of jaw-jacking with them. Yeah, he didn't he walk away. Yeah. Have a dance partner at WrestleMania, so it would make the most sense that he's now involved somehow. Yeah, I mean, he didn't walk away when they started with Cody and Roman and Rock. He was still there. He no, could have very like easily Cody's walked back away. After he got slapped. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he could have very easily walked away because he did nothing. He just stood there. He just stood there and took the fucking burial. I mean, this guy between SmackDown and what we saw last night is just getting buried six feet under. And I'm not the biggest fan of the current Rollins character. And neither are you. We've talked about this plenty of times before. But, dude, they are just fucking burying that World Heavyweight Championship, calling it the loser bracket, the loser table. And the best part about it is that he's not necessarily wrong. Rollins himself never lost to Roman during this run, but almost literally every single person that Rollins has faced and beaten to retain that title in the past year did at one point lose to Roman during this run. And they went to the World Heavyweight Championship instead because they couldn't beat Roman Reigns. I mean, that's just the fact, including Cody Rhodes, if he were to face Rollins last night. So the tag team match would be perfect. 
for Elimination Chamber. But like you said, Rollins is hurt. And I don't think he'll be cleared in the next two weeks. The pay-per-view's in two weeks from today. Uh, or not today. T- I think tomorrow on Saturday. So they're not doing the match there. But do you do it on night one of WrestleMania? And if so, listen, I know the first ever WrestleMania had a tag team match main event. But you would need to add some stakes. I mean, this is not 1985 anymore. And to me, also, if you were to do that, yeah, it gives Rollins a main event, I guess. But it also takes away an opportunity for, like, a, a Rhea and Becky match the main event. Or Bailey and Ia, who weren't even at the press conference last night. I don't know. I mean, I, I do want to see the match at some point. I don't know if you could do it after WrestleMania, set it up for SummerSlam. I don't know. Or Backlash. By that point, Roman might be taking time off. I don't know. But... I don't know, man. I just don't really want to see it at WrestleMania. I think the match at Mania has got to stay Roman and Cody on night two. I don't even know if they announced it for night two. But I don't want to see a change and add Rock. And a tag team match would be cool. But I don't know. You mentioned Rock and Rollins. If Rock were to win the World Heavyweight Championship, I think that's terrible. Just because I know what you're saying from the storyline standpoint. And I agree. That is intriguing. But logistically speaking, though, he's even more part-time than Roman. And he ain't ever defending that thing unless it's maybe SummerSlam. And he might go off to film a movie. That's under the impression that he would be here full-time or even part-time and not a fraction of the time for the next year. So that's the part about it that I'm kind of skeptical about. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I don't want him to win the belt, but I just, I mean, like I said, I feel like Rollins theoretically doesn't have a dance partner. He's somewhat involved in this. So, I I mean, seemingly I feel like that's the direction we're going. Yeah. I mean, unless you somehow have not beat the rock, I just I don't see that happening. So, I mean, maybe there could be some shenanigans and he somehow beats Rock, but I, I, I mean, I don't see that coming at all. Yeah, and that, that's the problem too because they sold me on the tag team match if they were to do it at some point. The timing doesn't work out with Chamber, unfortunately, due to the circumstances. Rock and Rollins one on one is not a match that I wanted a week ago, but I may want to see it now. Coming off what we saw last night, the problem is, like you said, the finish. Rock winning would be, to me, ridiculous. And Rollins winning, honestly, would also be ridiculous. It's Rock's first singles match in 12 years. He should probably win that, unless it's a one-off, but it's not. Uh, Because if he were to face Rollins, at some point we are getting him in Rock, or Rock and Roman Reigns one-on-one. And I think you can do that at WrestleMania 41. I think there's a lot of storyline potential here to build up Rock as the new head of the table. Roman gets jealous. Babyface Roman Reigns, maybe? I don't know. We'll get to that in a second. But with Rollins... I don't really want him beating Rock because I feel like that takes away from an eventual Rock-Roman match, especially if Roman were to win. Um, I don't really want to see that. But with Rollins, you mentioned he doesn't really have an obvious dance partner. We now know Cody is definitely in the Roman Reigns match. If they make it a triple threat, I think that's stupid. But at least we know he's in the match, which leaves Rollins without an opponent, like you said. But what about what you said last week, Drew McIntyre? I know Punk's hurt. McIntyre on Raw, though... Went after Cody. We're probably getting Cody and Drew at Elimination Chamber, which I like. But I don't, Drew would have to lose again. I don't know how he earns an opportunity at Rollins at Mania. That was my question. But is that a match you want to say? Because at, at this point, to me, it is. Because uh, McIntyre is doing some amazing work. He's already lost to Rollins twice. But I think it is a match that if you can figure out how you get there, that is the match that works for WrestleMania. Yeah, just like you said, I feel like you just have to figure out how to get there. Drew, as like I said, he lost to Roman Rollins twice already. He's seemingly facing Cody. I would assume he's going to lose again, so I don't really know how you get him back in the picture. I mean, he's doing great work. I just, I, I think that's what they should do. Like I don't want, like I said, I, I just, it's tough. Like I said, I, we also like if his contracts. We don't know his contract situation. So yeah. if he's not re-signed, I, I doubt they'd give it to him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that could be like the biggest holdup. But 
Um, I mean, I think out of anyone on Raw, if you're going to pick someone from Raw, Drew makes the most sense. The problem is he just has also lost to Rollins twice already. Yeah, you'd have to figure out how to get there. And the thing is, if he faces Cody at Elimination Chamber, I assume they're doing a men's chamber to determine who's going to face Rollins. That would take Drew out of the match, right? I mean, I would have to imagine. Then Drew can't be in the chamber. I mean, they could do the Cody-Drew match on Raw. But I'm thinking that's a pay-per-view match, because it is. You can also save it for after WrestleMania, but they set it up on Monday for a reason. Um, Drew would have to win the chamber to face uh, Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Otherwise, I don't know how you get there, because he lost to Rollins twice already. So um, that that is is the match that I would do, assuming he does re-sign, like you said. Re-sign him, get him to re-sign, offer him what he's worth, whatever, pay him what he's worth. And then have him win. I think he would be the perfect person to beat Rollins for that championship. And we talk about, oh, finish the story, all this other bullshit. You know, I agree with the Cody thing, obviously. But with Drew, I mean, not that he was the first person to have a story. But, you know, honestly, his story's unfinished, too. His whole thing was that he never won the world title in front of a full crowd. And he didn't do it at WrestleMania 36 because of COVID. At 37, he had the opportunity, and he lost to Lashley. And then he had the opportunity at Clash of the Castle... And he lost to Roman Reigns. That was another big setback for his character that led to the heel turn that we're seeing now. And he still has yet to finish his own story by winning the world title in front of a crowd, which he could do at WrestleMania. And I don't know where the Damian Priest cash-in stuff factors into this. I don't think it really would if Drew were to win the belt. But I would love to see Drew walk out of WrestleMania, the new world heavyweight champion. No, I completely agree. Like I said, I think it just at the end of the day, it's coming down to what his contract situation is. At this point, we don't think he's re-signed, so I feel like they're not going to put him in a big spot, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I know it's different leadership, obviously, but five years ago, they knew that Dean Ambrose was not re-signing with WWE. I don't know if Drew has made it clear he's not re-signing, but Ambrose made it pretty clear a couple months out. He wasn't even a part of WrestleMania that year, and his contract expired the month after WrestleMania, and he left on decent terms, obviously. It doesn't seem like he'll ever be back. Um, but they didn't even put him at WrestleMania because they knew that he was on his way out, so why even bother, I guess? Even if they wanted to have him lose, which probably would have been better, but that was five years ago. So, I mean, that, that's what I would want to say. But back to the Rock and Roman thing real quick. Does the idea of a Rock-Roman alliance excite you? Because to me, it does. And then you can have a whole you know, dichotomy there with maybe Roman becoming jealous of Rock, taking over his own group. That could be your entryway into Roman Reigns going babyface and Rock and maybe blame Roman. Hey, listen, you can't be head of the table. If you lose to Cody at WrestleMania, that spot goes to me automatically. And then you have Roman lose, which he absolutely fucking should. I said to you over, you know, before we hit record here, imagine if we get Roman and Cody, the match that we wanted, and Cody loses again. That is a very real possibility, by the way. But it could happen. But Roman should lose, and then you can set up Rock and Roman with even more heat for next year than it would this year. With the roles reversed. Rock, maybe by that point, would probably be a babyface. We already texted about it earlier this week, but they announced Moana 2. I guess that's coming out in November. I mean, that seems pretty fucking fast. I I know you're excited. I mean, that came completely out of nowhere. I don't know if Rock would be going around doing press while he's a heel in WWE. I was surprised he even went heel in the first place. That had to have surprised you as well, right? The whole Pat McAfee show thing? I loved it. Do you think we get... Cry babies, what do you expect? I mean, that that was pretty funny, I will say. Do you think we could get a reversal of the roles here with Rock as the heel and Roman as the babyface going into WrestleMania 41? Please. I feel like Roman's destined to be a babyface, so I feel like, that, like you said, the heel Rock would set that up perfectly. I feel like that would be the match to do, um, as opposed to doing it this year. Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, said two, three days ago, and again, you got to take this stuff with a grain of salt because they could be being fed, and a lot of the times they are being fed 
inaccurate information, depending, regardless of the outlet. But, you know, he's usually pretty credible. He said it was 100% lock that we were getting Roman and Rock at WrestleMania. I think he said that on Monday after Raw. So, we're getting Cody and Roman. <laughs> I mean, does he mean, well, technically we're getting it, but it would be a triple threat. Or technically we are still getting it, but it would be on night two. We got to put that shit to bed, right? We're not getting, I mean, it could be a triple threat. That is still possible. I don't like that idea, but it is still possible. Do you think that we could get Rock and Roman on one of the other nights? I mean, at this point, again, don't make it more convoluted. Stick with the Roman and Rock alliance. Don't have them turn on each other in the next two months to set up a Mania match that they could easily save just save for next year and get two big matches out of it. Yeah, I mean, I would hold off. Um, but, I mean, we still have no... Like I said, we're still far out. I hope to not... Just, I don't want the triple threat. I want Roman and Cody one-on-one. Do Rock and Roman next year. Cody wins, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, you could easily have Roman win with help of The Rock, and that would set up Rock and Roman <clears throat> for next year for the championship, and then Roman can beat him, and then he can go on to break the next Hogan record, and then the other record, like, no, 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 we're, we're moving on from this. We, we are not doing this again. We're not having Roman Reigns hold the belt for five consecutive years. He has to lose it at WrestleMania. I said that last year, and it didn't happen, so there's no guarantee it's going to happen this year. But it absolutely should. Um, so, yeah, that that's pretty much everything. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I'm glad they pivoted. That SmackDown segment still makes no sense. But maybe we'll find out tomorrow night on, on SmackDown. And they'll unfold more of the story. And I'm excited to see where they go. Listen, I don't know definitively where they're going. The tag match. Will it be a triple threat? How does Rock factor in? How often will he appear? He's a part of the board. How, how much do they lean into that? Do they do a power struggle with him and uh, Triple H? Triple H and him kind of had a face-off. They're not having a match. Triple H can't wrestle. But does that turn into a storyline thing? Do they translate that to television? I don't know, and I'm excited. So uh, not that I have complete faith in the company to do the right thing. They did last night. That's still not set in stone until it comes to WrestleMania in itself. And I hear the bell ring. Unless Damian Priest cashes in, I am convinced there is a chance this match could change into a triple threat. So hopefully we can get to that match unscathed, and that does not happen. But you just can never say never with this sort of stuff. But I am happy with what we got last night. Um, as far as Raw goes on Monday night, we already mentioned Cody and Drew at the next pay-per-view. I got to mention the other big Mania match made official. Last Friday on SmackDown got overshadowed by the whole Rock, Roman, Cody stuff. Bailey and Io Sky is happening at WrestleMania. They set it up at uh, SmackDown. I didn't think they would set it in stone so early. I thought she would tease Rhea a bit more, but listen, they had to do the angle when they did because they had to set up Rhea and Nia for Elimination Chamber and also announce an Elimination Chamber match to determine... Uh, yeah, Rhea's opponent at WrestleMania that Becky's already qualified for. So, before we get to that, um, your thoughts on the segment with Damage Control last week on SmackDown, Bailey going babyface, leaving Damage Control, and choosing Io Sky in the WWE Women's Championship at WrestleMania 40? I love it. I thought it was done well. Um, like I said, I was a little surprised it was they did it so early, but seemingly, like I said, Rhea is facing Nia. They're going to do a Women's Elimination Chamber for Rhea. It seems like SmackDown people will be involved as well. Um... But no, I like it. I mean, that's exactly the direction we knew they were going in. I kind of wish they did a little bit more with Kyrie. I feel like she just got brought in to be like another lackey, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. That's just like side tangent uh, from the main thing. But I think her and Io, and that's been the story, and I'm excited for that. Do you think there's a chance they could headline night one for the championship? I mean, I don't. The tag team match is cool and all, and I do want to see that match. I don't think, like I said earlier, that you that you should stretch that across two nights. Give Roman and Rock and Cody two main events in the same pay per view. I mean, come on. I don't need to see that because um, I feel like the women 
from either Raw or SmackDown, it would probably be SmackDown. Bailey won the Rumble. Giving Becky and Rhea the main event for as great of a match as that's going to be would be a slap in the face to Bailey and EO. I mean, it was a slap in the face to not even have the press conference last night, first of all, which Punk spoke out about, which I'm glad he did. But Bailey won the Rumble. She should main event WrestleMania. If the story makes sense, this match makes sense. The storyline is strong. It could cool off between now and Mania. I mean, that could have been the peak of the program last week. We just don't know. But as it stands right now, that to me would be a believable main event for night one at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, it just really depends on what they do with the Rock, Roman, Cody stuff. I mean, I think, unfortunately, there are behest of that. That's precedent, and depending on what they do, I could see that main eventing over that. But if nothing else pops up, I, I would say that um, Cody and Roman should be night two, and EO and Becky should be, or Bailey should be night one. I think Bailey walking out of her first Mania main event as the uh, <clears throat> as the champion for the first time since 2020 would be a great moment. And it gives Io Sky a Mania main event, too. I mean, who would have ever thought? So that'd be pretty sick if it does go down that way. Um, as far as the Women's Elimination Chamber match, they announced Becky, uh, you know, she beat Baszler on Monday to qualify for the Women's Chamber to determine Rhea's opponent at WrestleMania. I mean, it's going to be Rhea. Rhea's not losing to Nia Jax at Elimination Chamber. We can all safely assume that. So, Rhea will beat Nia. They're going to do that match. Um, I guess they could do it without the championship, and Nia can be champion, but that would be just terrible. So, I'd rather Rhea obviously walk in as champion. But Becky's qualified. We're getting Bianca Belair and Meechin tonight. They are putting SmackDown women in this thing. So, if we get a chamber for the men to face, oh, who's going to face Rollins? SmackDown people will probably also be involved in that as well. Just a heads up. So, um... Belair and Meechin tonight, and then on Monday's Raw, Liv Morgan and Zoe Stark. So that's three of the spots filled by, let's face it, Bianca, Liv, and Becky. Um, who do you think wins? Is it Becky? Is it Liv? Is it someone we're not thinking of? I think it's Becky. Um, I mean, that's seemingly where the story's going. They faced off last night. It would make no sense to do that if they're not facing off for WrestleMania. I like Liv, Bianca. Um, not sure exactly who else would be in there. Um, I think it'll be a stacked match, like, talent-wise. I think they'll have some pretty strong other women besides Becky and Belair. Like I said, Liv will probably be in it. Uh, maybe Naomi, uh, Tiffany Stratton, maybe could shoehorn another Raw person in there as well. I think it'll probably be 3-3. Three and three. Um, But just those names are just ripped off. It'll be a pretty stacked women's uh, elimination chamber. But what we saw yesterday, it has to be Becky and Rhea. First time ever. Makes sense. No reason to mess it up. I know this isn't the ideal route, but it's something I did pitch to you last week, and I think it'd be cool. If you were to do a triple threat with Liv Morgan in there too, kind of the WrestleMania 24 situation, we're not getting that unless the chamber ends in a draw between Liv and Becky. I don't think we're getting that. So uh, I don't know. Liv will probably be left off the show, and that's a bummer. Maybe she can face Rhea another time. Maybe Rhea retains. Rhea could very easily retain, and we'd still get Liv and Rhea at Backlash or at SummerSlam, whatever it might be. But that is a possibility if we don't get the triple threat. Um, but you mentioned her a second ago. It is Tiffy time on SmackDown. Tiffany Stratton getting called up to the blue brand last week, and she'll probably be part of the chamber. We mentioned this before we hit record, but I agree with your idea. Have her eliminate Bianca from the chamber to set up that match for Mania. Because i got to give you credit. If you did indeed say this uh, a month or two ago here on the show, i got to go back and check it out, that with Charlotte Her, what do you do now with Bianca at Mania? I don't want to see her in damage control for the million fucking time, unless... It were her teaming up with, like, a Jade or something. I think it is too soon to rush into her and Jade at Mania. I would save that for another time, unless they were to team, which is still possible. We don't know where Jade is ending up right now. Uh, she's signing, or she's contemplating where to sign between the two brands. But Tiffany's on SmackDown. They outright teased her and Bianca. We're not getting a one-on-one -on -one match at Chamber, because, again, they're probably both going to be in the Chamber match itself. 
Um, that, to me, is a WrestleMania-worthy match. Bianca and Tiffany, on short notice, I mean, sign me up. I don't know who wins. It doesn't, to me, it really doesn't matter. But that's a great use of Tiffany right off the bat. No, yeah, I think it's a good use of her, good use of Belair, like a big-time women's match without a title on the line. Um, we usually don't get a lot of those. So I think, like you said, they teased tension last week on SmackDown already. Seemingly, they both will be in the chamber, have Tiffany throw Bianca out, or even have Bianca beat her, and then maybe Tiffany gets her back somehow. I don't know. You get there somehow. I think that's like a perfect women's match, no title on the line. Uh, to Bianca's a star already, but, I mean, Tiffany has the ability to be a future star, so like it would be a big-time match. Um, and I think it would be a perfect women's match on the card, no bell on the line, and just a good feud. So yeah. I'm down. It would be our first actual non-title singles Mania women's match, I think, ever. And we're not so counting. We're, we're not counting before you bring it up. The dumb bras and panties crap and the pillow hey, fight. Well, I mean, Stacey <laughs> Keebler and uh, <laughs> imagine and uh, Corey Wilson had a uh, cat fight, a lingerie pillow, pillow oh, fight at uh, WrestleMania 19. Yes, they yes they did. Um, imagine the little asterisk there. Oh yeah, I know they had that. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you count that bullshit, um, beyond that nonsense, yes, it would be the first major women's singles and non-title match in Mania ever, I believe, and that that would be a great use of both women. So we now know Tiffany's on SmackDown. Andrade's on Raw. He was not on Raw this week. He'll probably. It'd be cool if he was in the Chamber match. I don't. They didn't use him on Monday. I don't know why. Um, where do Braun Breaker and Jade Cargill end up? You think they were teasing again? Like I said, signing between two the two brands. I still thought Jade going to NXT was a possibility. At this point, probably not. But where do you think they end up? Who did you say? Uh, Jade and Braun Breaker. Ooh, Braun, I would put on SmackDown. Jade, probably Raw at the end. I feel like SmackDown's so... I feel like SmackDown's women's division's loaded. If they were to add Jade, Um, it really would be. I mean, it is now, but yeah. I mean, on Raw specifically, besides Rhea, I mean, I guess Liv's back now, so that definitely helps, but she's just not, like, the star that they are. I mean, she's definitely over. I'd put her in, like, the Nia category. Like, she's, like, an over baby face. And then you just have the rest of the women. I'd probably put Jade on Raw, um, put Braun on SmackDown. I don't know how many matches we're getting at Mania between the two nights, but I've said this before. I don't know how great the match itself would be, but I think you could do Jade Cargill and Nia Jax at WrestleMania. I mean, I don't know if they would have Jade Cargill on Raw and SmackDown right now unless they intended for her to be on TV through Mania. It's not like she was just in the Rumble and that was it. She was on both brands this past week. <clears throat> and maybe we'll find out tonight she's signing with SmackDown. I don't know. But if she signs with SmackDown and Bianca faces Tiffany, she doesn't have a Mania match. And I don't think they're going to do three SmackDown women's matches in Mania. She would have to go to Raw and she would have to face Liv or Nia Jax at WrestleMania. I don't know how great the match itself would be with her and Nia, but like her yeah, slamming... Yeah, she could just slam her. Yeah, exactly. It can be a quick thing. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I that you say that, maybe do that. If you do ba- Bailey and EO Saturday night, you just do Naya and Jade that night as well. Mm-hmm. And then you do Rhea and Becky the second night. And then you also have Tiffany and Bianca. So you have two and two there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that like, if you're going to do Jade, I think her and Naya honestly makes the most sense. Like I said, it doesn't have to go long. You can kind of have her like, powder for Nia the most to match and then Nia she slams Nia and hits <laughs> if she hits her with Jaded I'd be fucking stunned but uh 
just you know, it's like the Hogan on like just slammer, people go crazy and then wins. I mean, it's just yeah. like Brock and Omos. Like, yeah. doesn't have to be the sexiest match all night. Just get the get the beauty shots and uh, get out of there. Exactly. They could take Hogan and Andre out of the highlight reel once they get Jay doing her uh, finished in Nia Jax. That'd be uh, that'd be quite the spectacle. Um, no disrespect to the Kabuki Warriors who just won the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles. I like them, and now you're a big Kyrie fan. I don't give a shit what if the tag titles are defended at WrestleMania. These crowds, evidently, on Raw and SmackDown, aside from that one Katana Chance, Caden Carter, Kabuki Warriors match where they won the belts a few weeks ago, these crowds do not give a fuck about these teams or these matches. I mean, I give all the credit in the world to the women themselves. The match, are, the matches typically aren't even the best. Sometimes they're pretty good. The crowds don't care. They don't give a shit. So I wouldn't even have the belts defended at WrestleMania. Just have Kabuki Warriors in the corner of EO, maybe stacking the deck, whatever. There's no real reason to put the belts on the line at Mania. Unless they do another like multi-team match, which they've done before, the WrestleMania Showcase, who gives a shit? I mean, I guess, who, who even really cares? Um, so that's that. But you mentioned um, Braun Breaker, where does he end up? You said SmackDown. Now, it is worth noting that Braun Breaker took Brock's spot in the Royal Rumble and eliminated all those people before getting tossed out by Gunther. Now, Braun interrupted Imperium, or vice versa, I forgot which... Wait, I think it was Imperium... In- interrupted- Imperium interrupted him. Okay, Imperium interrupted Braun on Raw backstage with Adam Pearce. I don't know. I mean, the Rumble thing would be one thing, but they again interacted on Monday's Raw, and, and Triple H has done a very good job of planting seeds for upcoming feuds, for example. I mean, I know... I don't want to say everyone, because I know you were pretty skeptical as well, but... A lot of people were hoping, oh, Big E's going to come back. Why would they be doing the New Day versus Imperium if Big E wasn't coming back to avenge Kofi and Xavier and face Gunther at WrestleMania? I mean, I had said this, a f- I even told you here on the show last week, Jey Uso was definitely coming to the raid. I mean, I thought there was a chance Big E could come back, but it was very slim. I didn't think he was coming back. They've been planting the seeds for Jey Uso aligning with the New Day for literally like two months. And I figured Jey was getting the next shot at the IC title, which he definitely is. We found that out on Monday. Jay's not getting the Mania match at Mania. Unfortunately, Gunther and Jay would work at Mania for me because that is a far hotter match than Jay and Jimmy, but we know we're, we're getting that match. We're getting the match, so whatever. They want it. Okay. Um, I think Braun will get the title shot at WrestleMania. I, I think Braun's going to face Gunther. I'm pretty reserved to that idea at this point. Unless Gunther, out of nowhere, becomes number one contender to the World Heavyweight Championship in the next couple weeks, and I don't even think he can go to Chamber unless they can work something out with this travel situation, his visa issue. Um, I think we're going to get Braun and Gunther at Mania, and I think Braun Breaker might be the one to beat Gunther for that Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, I mean, at this rate, I feel like he makes the most sense out of everyone. I guess, like I said, I said SmackDown, but, I mean, Gunther's literally beating everyone else. Um, once he beats Jay, it, it really comes down to, to Braun. Like I said, there was some kind of interaction. I doubt that was for nothing. Um, so, I mean, if that's the match to make, it's the match to make. I will say this right here, right now, for the record, it will not be Chad Gable. It will not be. The guy's not even on Thank TV. God. <laughs> it should be, is no, my it point. Not. He's been a goof for the last four months. Exactly. Well, my point is, it could... Okay, I'll, I'll rephrase. It could have been if they booked him better, but they did not. It's too late. It will not be Gable. It will probably be Breaker, and honestly, you can make the argument too much too soon. I mean, Breaker is a star. It's not like he's debuting in an open challenge. Like, I mean, that was actually how that would actually be kind of fitting. But Braun's definitely landing on a show between between now and Mania. It would be kind of fitting if Gunther's reign ended the same way Honky Tonk Man's did back at SummerSlam '98, where it was an open challenge, one and 
I mean, I wouldn't make it a minute match. I would make it a competitive match. Imagine building up Gunther for a fucking year. I mean, I guess Jade Cargill lost a minute and a half, but that was a different situation. Um, you know, have him lose in an open challenge. No, I would promote the match. I would have Braun Breaker on Raw, rack up some wins. People are clearly already familiar with him based on the reaction he got to the Rumble and the backstage segments he's appeared in. He's been in NXT for a few years. He's really thrived as a heel. He actually just won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Um, unfortunately, I don't think they're winning the Tag Team titles next week on NXT. But I do think he's going to Raw. And honestly, he was the last person in storyline, they might mention this, to pin Gunther in WWE. They probably won't want to bring that up because they want to paint this picture that Gunther's been undefeated his entire time in the company, which just isn't true. But he was the last person to beat Gunther on NXT before Gunther got called up two or three days later on SmackDown. So that's the story that I would tell. I would probably have Braun Breaker win. If he were to lose, that's okay too. But, um, you know, that's one way to book him right out of the gate as a star. So... I'd be totally okay with that. But speaking of him winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, do want to get your quick thoughts on NXT Vengeance Day from last Sunday. I thought overall it was actually a really good show and a great main event and a really good women's match as well. No, I thought it was a really fun show. Like you said, the women's match was great. Um, the Tag Team Classic, like you said, I, I'm glad for, for Corbin and Baron, or Braun, Corbin and Baron, Jesus. <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm glad they won. I feel like that made the most sense. And then... The main event was great with the turn from Hayes. So, honestly, I thought it was a better show than the last one they had. Yeah. Can't remember the name of it, but I thought Deadline, it was a solid yeah. show overall. I was, at, I was at Deadline, and then this was definitely a better show than Deadline. I, I thought that was a fine show, but this was definitely better. I love the ending. I knew, listen, we saw it coming. Ten, ten exits, you know, ahead of where they were going with this. We saw it coming from a mile away. Um, but I thought it was still exceptionally well done. They've taken the Shawn Michaels playbook and just applied it to Carmelo Hayes for the past two years. But they've done a great job with it. He's a star. Williams is super over. And I love the Dragonoff match. And I'm looking forward to that match at Stand and Deliver. So that's my other question. What do you think they do at Stand and Deliver? And I've seen, I thought Carmelo and Trick one-on-one was a slam dunk. A la Ciampa and Gargano in 2018. That was a one-on-one match at Mania Weekend that year. Um, Do you do that match at standing deliver, or do you make it a triple threat with Carmelo, who's clearly not done with the NXT Championship? We've seen him in Dragonoff like three times. I don't really want to see that personally. I would rather see Dragonoff defend against someone else and Carmelo and Trick one on one. But what would you do? What would you want to say? It just really comes down to who the other elf is. I feel like there really isn't anyone really built up besides them two. I think the story is with Trick and Carmelo one on one. I guess you could shoehorn them into the triple threat, but I think the biggest problem I have is, like I said, I don't really know how else you put in that position to face Dragunov. I mean, I feel like he's kind of in the point that I feel like he's beaten a decent amount of people, so there really isn't anyone that he hasn't beat that's really on the rise. You wouldn't have him first Femi. That doesn't make any sense right now. Um, he beat Corbin. He beat Dijak. Yeah. I don't really know what you do with them. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like, theoretically, you shoehorn him. Like, he's the piece that makes, like, he's the missing piece. They like, just thrust him in the triple threat um, just because he needs a match. I don't really know what to do. Unless they bring in someone, I don't know, maybe they bring someone in and face the dragon off. I really don't know. But I'd rather do Trick and Carmelo one-on-one. You know who has Dragunov hasn't beaten yet? Kazuchika Okada. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
I haven't really asked you about this. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, and we did laugh at the idea a couple months ago when it said WWE was interested. We've already discussed this, but honestly, my stance has changed. I want to see Okada in WWE. And now, oh, I'm a WWE mark or whatever. I think in AEW, he would be great, obviously. He's already had the exposure there. He can have some great matches. A lot of their top people, he has already faced and or beaten. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, at this point in his career, the guy's not 45. He can always go to AEW first, go to WWE maybe down the road. I feel like he should go... I mean, we haven't... And I said to you at the time, I don't know if it was the Okada thing or with someone else, I want to see more people take risks. And it's not really for me to say because I'm not the one putting my professional career on the line here. Maybe it, it is definitely a safer route to go to AEW where they would probably offer more money and he would definitely be a guaranteed star. In WWE, you just have no you have no clue. I think it's worth the risk. I mean, Triple H knows the star that Okada is. I would hope that he would book him correctly as an attraction. That is definitely a risk. But there's also a risk with him going to AEW as well. So what's your thought on the whole Okada thing? He's a free agent officially. He can show up really anywhere he wants at this point. He has had talks with WWE superstars. I don't know about the company themselves, but about, you know, what about coming in and all this other sort of stuff. What do you say? Where would you like to see Okada end up? I'm just gonna, I've been jinxing everyone. I want to go to WWE, so I want to go to AEW. I don't even want to think about <laughs> WWE. It's a dumb move. AEW all the way, and he'd be dumb to go to WWE. Hey, we'll see. We'll see if you get jinxed again. I, I, I think it is going to be one of those situations where he does go to AEW. I, I, that is my prediction. Would I like to see him in WWE? Yes. But I am preparing for him to go to AEW. Um, as I am with Mercedes Monet. I think Mercedes Monet is obviously locked in. I, I don't think I know. I think we all do. Uh, with that big business show announced for March 13th, Dynamite, TD Garden. I was there last year for the, uh, what's it called, Blood and Guts show. Guts. Yeah, Blood and Guts. That was a good show. She'll be on that show. Um, they're bringing her in. Could they pull an all-out 2021 by bringing in Okada and Mercedes on the exact same show after like 10 days after seemingly Will Ospreay arrives as well? Um, I think that might be where this is going. I don't know if Okada's a lock. I don't think he's a lock. I think it's likely. But your thoughts on Okada maybe arriving on that show and just your thoughts in general on mercedes Monet going to AEW and arriving on that show in, in March. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean, like I said, big business. I, I mean, it's seeming like she's going. And they said he could go as well. I just, I mean, there's so many people they have that they're not utilizing and bringing in Okada and then Osprey. It's like, what do you do with everyone else they're not even using at this mm-hmm. point? So I'm interested for Monet. I mean, I think she could have went to WWE. Seemingly, she's gone AEW. I mean, I understand she's faced a lot of the same people in of WWE, so AEW would give her some new opponents, and she, she'd easily be the number one star in the whole co- like women's and maybe the whole company. But I mean, that might be a stretch in the whole company, but definitely the women's. I just feel like once she beats Tony, there just really isn't any other big stars for her to face. Like if she went to WWE, like she hadn't faced Becky in a long time. Becky's on a different level, like. She, faced Bianca when she was kind of starting to get going. Rhea's a big star. Like, yep. they have other people coming up, so, I mean, I guess she's probably making a ton of money from the AEW, but I think going, not going to WWE is just, I don't know, I feel like she'd be a big fish in a small pond there. Well, I mean, I said this when she first left two years ago. I said it last year, and I think I said it earlier this year as well. I mean, I did think she was going back to WWE in, like, December, when it was reported, oh, talks fell through with AEW, and it looked like she was going back, the Bailey thing was a slam dunk, reunite them, blah, blah, blah. I mean, she does run into the same issue as I told you yesterday, I think. She runs into the same issue there as she would in AEW. We're like, what do you do with her in the long term? Um, after she wins the championship or she does this one storyline, okay, what do you do with her after that? Because, like, the last time she was in WWE, different period, I get a different regime, but 
she was just another woman on the roster. Sasha's far from my favorite wrestler personally, but like she should not be another person on the roster. And that same goes for AEW too. I'm not saying it won't happen in AEW. We don't know. But they're building an entire show around her, which is a good sign that that probably won't happen. I will say this. I don't think she'll be a game changer for that women's division in AEW. Not that she can be. That's not my point. I don't think she will be. Because I don't think any one person will change Tony Khan's perception of that women's division. He's done a better job with it lately and in the past year, arguably. But, like, overall, they're still like, all right, give him five minutes on Dynamite for one match. They don't have, like, recurring segments throughout the show. I mean, sometimes maybe, but they, they rarely main event on Dynamite. We're not talking Collision and fucking Rampage. I'm talking on Dynamite. I don't really think that changes. But I, what I was going to say was, I said this about a year ago. I think she's young enough. She's only 31 or something as Sasha. She can go to AEW first, whether it be for a year, two years, three years, whatever, and then go back to WWE, maybe, ideally, a bigger star than she was when she left. Uh, and I'm just talking wrestling. I'm not talking, like, movies and stuff. I don't really think that stuff's happening. We haven't heard anything else about that. She did that one movie with my brother, and apparently it didn't do well at all. So maybe she'll do other movies. I'm not sure. Um, but I think as far as wrestling goes, she can do the Japan thing, AEW thing, and then go back to WWE in a few years. And absence, you know, makes the heart grow fonder, I think. Yeah, how can I miss if you don't go away? So, I don't know. She's only been gone for two years. I mean, you could say the same thing about Naomi. She was only gone for two years, and she's already back, but... Naomi already did what everything she could do in TNA. I'd much rather not see her in AEW. She just kind of fits the WWE mold to me, and she could have success being back in WWE. She also signed with SmackDown. I forgot to mention that as well. Um, one quick thing here is Scott Demore being fired from TNA. I know you're not an avid TNA watcher, but that took me by surprise. Seemed like a pretty LOL TNA move to do that so soon after the rebrand and all the positive momentum they got coming off their pay-per-view from a month ago. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of TNA. It's seemingly from people that watch TNA, it seems like... What I've read, like, people are really uh, happy with what he's done. Like, I haven't really seen much. It seemed like they've been getting a lot more buzz in the last six months. Just me kind of just surfing on Twitter and seeing the moves they made and other, like, so even with the rebrand, I feel like it was kind of on a positive up going. I like said more people were definitely talking about TNA than they were before. Um, it seemed like he was doing good stuff and not sure exactly what happened, but he was no longer with the company. So it's interesting. I mean... It doesn't really make much sense, but I don't really know too, too much about it. Yeah, no, unless, I, I've said this before, but unless he was involved in something nefarious or he's just a piece of shit or whatever, coming off the Vince stuff, you never really know about anyone, but, you know, that's just a pretty pretty ballsy move on Anthem's part to let go their, their, their biggest cheerleader for that company at a time where they have a lot of positive buzz and the talent are presumably reportedly not happy, so that's not good. Uh, two last things from Dynamite before I let you go, Mr. Marceau. We have Samoa Joe, Adam Page, Swerve Strickland made official for the Revolution pay-per-view in about a month. Uh, triple threat. I really like Page and Swerve on Wednesday. I thought it was... Uh, listen, the match at Full Gear was was memorable. I don't like the hardcore shit, so that was not my favorite match of all time by any means. I like this match a lot more because it was a straightforward match. Time limit draw. Typical AEW, but you know, it's fine. Um, I thought it was a fine way to get to Joe defending in the triple threat of the pay-per-view. I don't know if that's where Swerve wins or if Joe retains, which I'd also be okay with. But I we've, we've talked about it before, but I think that's the right way to go, and I really like what we saw on Wednesday with Paige and Swerve. What about you? It was good. I think, for me, I wanted to Swerve and Joe one-on-one. I mean, I feel like Paige is good, but I feel like they're kind of like shooing him into that position. I feel like Swerve and Joe is the match to make. I like Paige, but I don't know. He's had his time, so I feel like it should just be Joe and Swerve one-on-one. Like, Swerve's the biggest star right now they have. 
I feel like it should, he should get the spotlight. Do you think that they're saving Swerve one-on-one for double or nothing with Joe? And by that point, he might be a babyface? Because that was the other thing from Wednesday, too. It kind of seemed like they were doing a double turn with Swerve and Paige, with the way Paige kind of refused five more minutes with Swerve. I mean, Swerve's basically a baby. I mean, yeah. the problem with AEW right now is, like, all their heels are treated as babyfaces by the fans. So, I mean, Swerve literally gets the best reaction, like, babyface reaction, the guy's a heel. So, seemingly maybe turning him face, they'll just keep cheering for him. But, um... Makes sense. Yeah, I, w- I would hold off on that till double or nothing. Joe is so great in this current role. I mean, he could have held the de- the title for a day and I would have been happy. But, you know, I-, I would extend it for another month or so beyond Revolution. Swerve will still be hot by that point. Keep him in chase mode. Make him a baby face. Joe is a great heel. That's what you do. So, And then have Swerve win there. Uh, that- that- that's how I would book things personally. Last thing, Sting and Darby Allen are the new... AEW World Tag Team Champions. I was honestly a little surprised by this because we know that we're getting them against the Bucks at Revolution, but they also brought back the power rankings recently. So how do you explain the Bucks getting a title shot at the next pay-per-view? Unless they're, I know they're the EVPs and whatever, so they can say, oh yeah, we put ourselves in number one, blah, blah, blah. They can work their, so they can work around that somehow, but um, but we do new have tag team champions. I'm glad they did win though, because it brings more stakes to that final matchup. Sting and Darby been undefeated for so long. How do they not get a title shot? And they did. I thought it was a nice match, great moment, and it makes that Bucks match seem to me anyway more appealing than it was previously. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Like you said, they were like 20 something and oh, never got a title shot. They finally get it. Beat Big Bill and in Starks here. I mean, I could care less about the box match at this point, but like I said, at least it adds more stakes than what I was going to buy. Listen, they got heat afterward. They laid out Sting and Darby and Sting's boys in the ring, and they bloodied him up. Terrible. They got heat. They're, they're <laughs> so bad. The heel stuff is not... I mean, I, the box in general at this point, I'm kind of indifferent towards, but I thought it was a well-done angle for what it was worth. Um, that's everything, Mr. Marceau, for February 9th, 2024. Quite the ne- newsworthy week. We'll see if we can keep the streak going next week with another episode. Uh, probably on Thursday, we'll see. But we are fast approaching Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania, Revolution. Lots to talk about in the coming months. New episodes every single week on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single week. Enjoy the uh, game on Sunday, Mr. Marcel. I'll talk to you and go Chiefs. Join Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau every Thursday as they run down their weekly wrestling rants, offer expert analysis, host exclusive interviews, and more. Subscribe today on all your favorite podcast platforms and never miss an episode of Wrestle Rant Radio.